0: The following story contains references to child abuse.
1: Welcome to Manowaker
0: Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm C.B. Drogi. This week, Harden by J.T. Nilsson. Nobody thinks to blame the harpies anymore. When food goes missing, it gets attributed to the spouse, the roommate, the children, the family dog. Perhaps it is because our numbers are not what they once were. No longer believed to be a threat, we have been ignored or forgotten. My foremothers stole food to stop wars, to weaken the combatants, and bring evildoers to their place of judgment. But the wars have grown too big, and our flocks too small. We have found another purpose for the food we take. Sailing on the evening winds, we take from those with too much and provide to those who hunger. My harpy sisters and I listen for the sounds of children's bellies unfilled and aching. We leave what we can in the hope that they can survive another day. And if there are enough of us there to share the weight in our wings, we carry evildoers off to the goddess Adrastia to answer for their actions. This night, as my sisters and I depart our sacred tree, I choose to fly off, alone. Punishing the wicked one by one is not making the world better not, quickly enough, by belief. Feeding the hungry one by one may not either, but at least the effect of my small help is felt quickly, and it may be all we can do. The light breeze carries the scent of abundance, so I follow it through the dark skies. It brings me to a home on a small hill, where the lingering aroma of the evening meal still hovers at the kitchen window many today sleep inside with closed windows and doors but harpies are more than just birds long talons strong wings and keen minds are helpful in prying open human barriers i slide this pane upwards a few inches and slip inside in the faint light of the moon i see fruit breads and a box of sweets left out i gather up what i can hoping that it will not be missed. I can already hear the whimpering of the child who will receive my plunder. She is near. With a leap off the sill, I set off to find her. But the sound takes me around and up to another room in the same home. I peer through the window and see a small girl, who appears to be awake, but she does not stir when I push the window up and flit inside. Her cries are different, not like those we hear from the hungry. There is plenty to eat in the room below. I leave the stolen food on the windowsill and hop toward her in the dark. That's when I see the bruises. Her pale, thin legs are covered with purple welts. I see some on her arms as well. I raise my wings to fly in closer. The girl yelps flinching and scrambling to a corner of her bed, covering her face with her hands. I'm not here to harm you, I chirp. I am here to help. She lowers her hands and looks me over slowly, still cowering. No one can help me. I cannot carry off those who have done this to her, not by myself. I should summon my sisters. I look toward the night sky, but I find that I cannot leave the girl. I must do more. You must leave here, I say. I have nowhere to go. She wraps her slight arms around her bony knees. The sound of footsteps in the hall makes us both startle and look toward the bedroom door. You need to go, the girl says, pushing herself off the bed and flinging her window wide for me. The footsteps grow closer. Go, she says. Come with me. I cry. She thinks, I... how? With a great flap, I grasp her nightshirt in my talons. I will carry you, I say, although I have never carried a human alone. The doorknob clicks. The girl grabs onto my legs and nods. Take me away from here, she says. I lift myself upward and pull her out the window and into the night, the forgotten food falling to the ground. The girl is light, but still a great weight for one of my kind. My wings ache with the effort of keeping us both aloft. I try to fly over the treetops, but misjudge the distance. Branches scratch against the girl's legs, so I push harder to reach a height that currents can help guide us along. My breathing is hard and fast as we struggle through the night. The girl is silent, but her tiny hands have a tight grip on my legs. We finally arrive at the home of my flock and I lay her gently in my feather-lined nest. She curls up on her side and begins to drowse. My sisters soon descend upon us, flapping and fluttering about. You cannot bring her into your nest, they cry. A human child should not be here. What did you do? I shush them so they do not wake her. We move to another branch and I tell them her story. Despite my pleas, they decide that the following night we will bring the girl back and instead take those who harmed her to let Adrastia meet out justice. But what will happen to her, I cry. But the others argue that the nest is not fit for a human child. I return to my nest and cover the girl with my wings. She sighs in her sleep. When the morning light wakes me, I can no longer see the girl. A white speckled shell rests where she was sleeping. I lay my head against it. I can hear her breathing inside. My sisters come by throughout the morning to see for themselves. She needs to stay, they say now. We can protect her. Our foremothers are sending a message. The shell hardens as the day goes on, and my sisters continue with their plans to visit the girl's home that night. Meanwhile, I fluff my feathers and settle atop the girl in her shell in my nest. I feel her rustle softly, and I know that my girl sleeps in peace. I will sit as long as she needs to rest. When she emerges, she will have wings And she will have claws. This has been Harden. Written by J.T. Nilsson. Manowaker Studios' Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash manowaker to find out more. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios' director of Dice is Ben Baston. The podcast is produced, edited, and narrated by me, C.B. DeRoghe. Thanks for listening.